I'm not altogether sure whether Chris had a mild sense of humour that on the Sunday that I sort of set, set aside for my eldest responsibilities, the last thing I did pre Chris on the Sunday evening, but maybe not. Um, but if you were here this morning, um, if you were here this morning and you saw the quote, I think it was from Spurgeon, about um, preacher go home if, <laughs> if your sermon doesn't... Um, include the Lord Jesus um, I didn't actually have to rush home and check because we are, we are speaking tonight about the, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ so he is well and truly in the sermon this evening well last week if you were here we were reminded about the events that actually surround the return of Jesus and from heaven Steve took us through what he termed was the Thessalonians' blue slip question to Paul about um, what was the state of their friends, their family, who had died. And in our passage tonight, we are looking specifically at what God has revealed about that day, the actual uh, day that Jesus returns, and our being ready for it. And we're looking at it under the title of Staying Awake. I wonder if you ever have moments of uh, lapsed concentration, um, idle dreamy moments. Uh, you turn on the radio specifically to hear the weather because you're going to go walking the next day. Uh, you listen to all the preceding news and then you hear the announcer say goodnight and realise that you've missed the very thing that you wanted to hear. Or perhaps you switch on the TV to watch a, a specific programme. You watch the end of something you're not the least bit interested in uh, but then you wake up as the credits of the programme you wanted to see are scrolling through and you realise that, oh goodness me, I I've missed it. Well, my late mother was very good at that. Um, I think it's coming my way. It might already have come your way, I don't know. <laughs> Rest assured it will do one day. Now, in these um, first 11 verses of chapter 5 of First Thessalonians, I hope you've got it open in front of you, we're looking at the day of the Lord the day of the Lord, it's termed, um, as a heading to this passage. The return of Jesus, and whilst we will not miss it, like the weather report or the programme on the TV, I mean, if you were here last week, Steve said you know, it will be an unmissable event, we are exhorted nevertheless to be prepared for it, and to be wakeful and watchful. Now in the passage that, that we read, you notice it was full of, of opposite words, uh, Darkness and light, night and day, asleep and awake, drunk and sober. And the words themselves sometimes have a literal meaning. More, and more often than not, they've got a, a metaphorical uh, uh, meaning. And uh, so as we look at the passage, let's uh, stay awake under the title that we're looking at and alert as we look at God's word this evening. So in the first um, four verses, we're going to consider... Oh, why have I got... Why isn't it print? Hmm. Oh, I don't know why that should have come up as two clicks. <laughs> right, the, the certainty of an uncertain day. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security... Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labour pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, 
for that day to surprise you like a thief. Now, have the uh, Thessalonian believers here dropped in another blue slip question to, to Paul? Is it possible that following on from uh, what's the position of those who have died, they're now wondering about when the actual day of Jesus' return will be? But Paul says he has no need to write to them on this matter of times and seasons. Now, he'd, he'd earlier used that same phrase, no need to write to them. If you just want to glance back at uh, chapter 4 and verse 9, he says this, Concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. And the reason being is because for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. And it's the same here with regard to times and seasons. The Thessalonian believers here, they would have had the teaching of Jesus handed on to them. Now, times and seasons, Paul referring to, to here. Well, Jesus talked about times and seasons when he was instructing his disciples just before he ascended into heaven. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 7, we read these words. Uh, so, when they'd come together, that's the disciples, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Times, those uh, duration uh, uh, periods that were to occur before certain events uh, happened. And seasons, those uh, particular periods of time when events are occurring. Now Jesus had already given some instruction about uh, uh, times and, uh, and, and seasons when he was speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem and the, and the end times in, in Matthew chapter 24. You might want to read the whole of that chapter sometime at your, your leisure. But in verse 36, we read what Jesus said there about uh, his return. He says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. And we have to just accept this. We haven't been told. It's not for us to know. It is an uncertain day. But Paul says to these believers here, you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come. Uh, it will come like a thief in the night. They're fully aware of Jesus' teaching. And Jesus actually used this uh, Example as an instruction for, for us to stay awake. Listen to what Jesus said in, in those verses from, some of those verses from Matthew 24. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on, sorry, for those who want to know whether it is, it's verses 42 to 44 of Matthew 24. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. If you know your Bibles, you remember well, Peter referred to the same, um, same idea when he was writing his second letter, that the day of the Lord would come like a thief. So, 
If an uncertain day, it will come unexpectedly insofar as all mankind are concerned. The ungodly will be taking comfort in their, their peace and, and, and their security. Uh, they'll be enjoying life, they'll be living the dream, indulging themselves, pursuing their own pleasures, taking no thought of life, um, that life is one day going to come to an end. Verse 3, we read those words, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction. And Jesus, again, uh, spoke about this. Uh, if you go back to, to Matthew 24 again, you'll find Jesus saying these words. For as in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. It is an uncertain day, and we don't know when it will be, but we do know that it is a day that is most certainly coming. The day of the Lord will come. That's what Paul writes here. The day of the Lord will come, but it will come like a thief in the night. And it's a day that will surprise many. Surprise many who are in, in darkness, those who have no understanding of God, no thought for him, uh, who do not know him. We think about darkness uh, of being um, those who, who, who just do not have that knowledge of God. Um, Paul, writing to Romans, talks about people uh, who are foolish, who have their, their minds and their hearts darkened. They just don't see the truth that God has revealed about himself. They just don't know. But Paul says to the Thessalonian believers here in verse 4, it's you, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you. Uh, for you to surprise you like a thief. <clears throat> those of us here tonight who are Christians we are not in darkness um, and we should not be surprised when the Lord returns now these are our facts <coughs> Jesus' return they are as much a, a warning as they are uh, an awake up call as they are an encouragement for us hear the words of Jesus again that we read earlier stay awake and the question we must ask ourselves is, am I indifferent about the Lord's return? Or am I looking forward to it? Ask that question of yourself. Paul writes to Timothy uh, about believers longing for and looking for the return of the Lord Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, we read these words. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness... This is Paul speaking, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing, or as the NIV puts it, who long, long for his appearing. Now I'm always challenged by that. Um, am I really longing for and looking for the return of the Lord Jesus? I wonder if sometimes you are perhaps a not yet Lord person when it comes to thinking about his return um, 
I've been like that in, in the past. Um, there have been good things to do in this life that one's wanted to do, and they've taken precedent over uh, thinking and longing for the return of the Lord Jesus. Are you a not yet Lord person? And I, I tend to think that maybe there'll be a tinge of sadness for those believers that's mixed into their joy if the day of the return of Jesus uh, surprises them as it shouldn't have done. We will not be surprised when that day comes. We understand scripture and as Christians we, we believe the word of God. But the question is, will we be surprised because we're not looking for it? We're not uh, awake and alert and watchful. So with that thought in our minds, let's uh, move on to our second The day is for wakefulness, not for sleeping. Let me read verses 5 through to 7. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, are drunk at night. We talk about the day here, not the day of the Lord, a specific day of his return, but the day is encompassing the present time for, for, for believers who Paul says are children of the day. Children of light as opposed to children of darkness. Now, <clears throat> I have a, a cousin who, when I was growing up, um, there weren't many of us who were cousins, but he was always the clown, the, the joker. And um, I have to say, age didn't improve him. Uh, he's over 70 now, and he's still as much a joker now as he was then. Uh, and he's always sending me amusing video clips and other little stories that he finds on, on, on the web. And uh, there was one circulating of an Australian uh, comedian who made a prank a telephone call to a BMW garage and I don't know if anyone knows this perhaps they, do, perhaps they do, perhaps they don't um, but he made out he'd recently bought a brand new BMW 5 Series automatic car and he was complaining that it was absolute rubbish uh, it only drove at the day, in the daytime uh, and at night it just wouldn't move anywhere it was absolutely useless and good for nothing at night and he goes on he's talking to the lady over the phone explaining uh, it's just it's just no good and he'd gone out one day in the day and it got dark and it, it wouldn't drive and he had to get the taxi home and this poor woman was really confused and he goes on to explain to her well what I do is I, I put the, the lever the automatic lever to D for day mode in the day and, 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 I, and, it, and I go and it's fine but at night time I put it to N for night mode and, and it's just no good for me whatsoever uh, Day mode is good. Night mode is just not helpful at all. And as we look at these verses, we're going to be thinking a little bit about being in day mode or or night mode. Light and day, night and darkness, they're used metaphorically here. If we're Christians, then we are are, are children of the day, of the light. Jesus was declared to be the light of the world. and, And so are we as Christians, the light of the world. The light of God's truth has shone in our hearts and, uh, and we are no longer in darkness. We've been transferred 
that scripture says, into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus, God's son. That's us if we're Christians. This is what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, um, to the believers there. He says, for at one time, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 to 12. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Now, those of us who have trusted in Jesus are a people called out of darkness into the marvellous light, uh, says Peter when he's writing to the believers. We've been delivered from a dominion of darkness, Paul writes to the Colossians. We are not in darkness. God has enlightened our minds as to the truth of all that is to come and, and how we should live to please him. But the night and the darkness, it defines the state of those who are under Satan's dominion, who pursue ways that are contrary to, to God's requirements, who, uh, who really are living to please themselves uh, uh, and not God. And uh, so, so we have this contrast between the, the, the day and the night, the, the, the light and the night, the, and, and the light and darkness. children of the day and not of the night and the question for all of us is well are we well and truly in day mode or are we moving on towards the return of the Lord Jesus doing the right things or do we occasionally slip into night mode and pursue those things that actually get us nowhere insofar as our pursuit of holiness is concerned in our, our sanctification our progress towards becoming more like the Lord Jesus Christ. The day is for wakefulness and not sleeping, we read. So verse 6, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Obviously used metaphorically, um, it's not saying we shouldn't sleep, we'd be a, in a right old state, wouldn't we, if we, if we never took our rest. Uh, what was it someone said this morning about, um, are we patient because, impatient because we've slept or because we've I don't know what the quote was now, but it was a good one. Um, yeah, we need our sleep. So uh, we're not talking about um, staying awake and not sleeping. We're talking about being, being alert and watchful. Sleeping is as though we were living with no thought of the return of the Lord Jesus, no, no thought of this day of the Lord at all. Not thinking about there's going to be a final judgment day. Not uh, aiming to be prepared and ready for it implies that we are lax in our ways, spiritually and morally, if we're asleep. But staying awake is the exact opposite of that. We're not idling away our time, our days dreamily through life with, with no thought of Jesus. We're being watchful as to how we are living. And to be sober as opposed to drunk implies a steady pursuit of spirituality, of living to please God uh, and not just pursue our own pleasures that satisfy our own senses. We're not like the drunken person who's out of control uh, and not and not in control of their actions. So then, be prepared. No sleeping. Be wakeful. Be watchful. 
hear the words of Jesus again from Luke, uh, Luke chapter 12, <coughs> verse 35. He's talking about uh, uh, the, the, the guys waiting for the return of the, of the bridegroom. Um, <coughs> it's a story similar to the, the, the parable of the ten virgins. But this is what he says in Luke 12 about, uh, about these men who are waiting for the master for the wedding feast. Stay dressed, verse 35, chapter 12. Stay dressed, ready for, for action. And keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Just Jesus, again, just reiterating the importance of staying awake, watching out for his return and being ready for it because it will come unexpectedly. Let me just read the words of Peter again, what he wrote in his uh, <coughs> second letter in chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away and with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? What sort of people ought we to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Sticking in day mode, walking in the light, pursuing God's way, living to please him, and not in night mode. Well, God has given us, in his graciousness, helps to staying awake, help and encouragement to wakefulness. Let me just read verse 8 of this, uh, of this chapter, um, chapter 5. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate, breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. <coughs> God has given us many things to help us in our Christian lives. Um, we will see three things here, but, but firstly we'll just see these, these two um, pieces of, of spiritual armour that are referred to in this, um, this passage. A breastplate of faith and love and a helmet which is the hope of salvation. Two, artic <coughs> two articles of, of defensive armour. Keep saying again, we have to be awake and watchful. That's very much uh, the absolute requirement of a, of a sentry on, on duty. Um, and that's how we need to be ourselves, looking out for Satan's attacks. <clears throat> Remember the scriptures speak of Satan's fiery darts that he, he throws at us 
Uh, and just as the breastplate protected the soldier's main torso and his vital organs, this breastplate God has given us uh, protects our hearts, the seats of our affections. It's called a breastplate of faith and love. Faith and love are very much active things that um, that we exercise, even though this breastplate is a, is a defensive piece of, of armour. And, and faith here, it, <coughs> excuse me, faith here is, is much, much more than just our trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. It embraces all our knowledge of God and, and his promises um, that we will use as, as an encouragement uh, in, in standing firm and, and following in God's ways. And that's why it's, it's so important for us to, uh, to read our Bibles and, and hear teaching from it on a Sunday and at other times. We're thinking about that uh, this morning uh, as well as we were thinking about uh, fighting for joy. And as we do that, our understanding of God grows and our love for him deepens and grows and intensifies too. Consequence of that, well, the resulting uh, works that, that, that derive from our faith are those that, that please God. Uh, and we put uh, an effort into that. We hide God's word, God's word in our hearts that we might not sin against him. But then we have a helmet too. It's the hope of salvation, not just a wishful thinking, but a sure and certain hope of our deliverance from the judgment that's to come, the judgment for sin. It's a hope that looks to the future, not the here and now. And this is, uh, so should we be looking to the future. <coughs> and what Paul says, that if we walk after the Spirit, we walk in God's ways, if we... Uh, practicing and exercising that, that faith and we have a, a deep and firm um, love that's on fire for him, we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Now none of us surely wants to be found sinning in, in any way um, when Jesus returns. We wouldn't want to be asleep, using the metaphor word here, engaged in practices of the night or darkness, to use Paul metaphor, Paul's metaphors, we want to be ready. So I ask myself and I ask you all tonight, have we taken up and are we wearing the, the spiritual armour, these, these, these items that God has given us? Are we using them to help us to stay awake and live lives that are pleasing to God? But there's also a, a third encouragement to wakefulness and watchfulness. Um, and that is uh, one another I'll just jump down to verse 11 therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing <clears throat> are you looking out for your Christian brother or sister who is slipping into night mode are you slipping into night mode is your Christian life and walk not what it used to be. Have you lost sight of your glorious future? Have you lost your joy in God? Well, we've been Sunday mornings. We've been thinking about uh, finding um, and fighting for that joy in God. Are we no longer walking to please Him? Well, as Christians together, we are to encourage one another and help one another, and that means building trust and talking to one another, being honest with one another, praying for one another, not judging one another 
and doing everything possible to build one another up in faith and love. And, and, and it also includes talking about the return of the Lord Jesus. Just look back where we, uh, where we ended up um, last week at the end of chapter 4. Paul wrote, therefore encourage one another with these words. Uh, and those words were the talking about all the events that accompanied the return of Jesus. There is encouragement for us if we talk about uh, the Lord Jesus' return, if we think about that and we, we talk about it more. And I think all too often we just live our lives as though Jesus was not coming back or was not coming back any time soon. Well, we don't know. We need to be watchful and wakeful. So, help and encouragement to wakefulness. The breastplate of faith and love, the helmet of salvation and one another. And then, as we come to the conclusion of verses 9 and 10, we think about the certainty of a very certain future. <clears throat> Let me read verses 9 and 10. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. What is your motivation? What is my motivation to press on living as uh, children of the day to keep in day mode? Now the helmet was termed the hope of salvation and our salvation is far more than just the rescue from sin and the guilt of sin um, from the wrath and punishment uh, that God has said will be poured out on, on sinners. It, it is that there is a day coming when we will live with him. So I put them imagine there, uh, um, Richard mentioned earlier when he was talking about um, uh, going to live with the Lord, uh, where I will be, you, you will be also. Words of Jesus. <clears throat> There's a day coming when we will live with him. We will live with Father God and Jesus our Saviour for eternity. Notice that Paul alludes back to his earlier teaching about those who have died. He says, whether we are awake or asleep, uh, when Steve was preaching last week, this term asleep, um, encompassing those who have died, uh, who, who were believers, um, and who were, uh, as it were, <clears throat> not with us, but waiting for, for this return of the Lord, when they will be raised again. And we're reminded aren't we, of the, the wonderful mercy and grace of God, destined, it says, to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus. Destined to obtain salvation because of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His death on the cross, redeemed by his shed blood. There is a certainty, a certainty about a very certain future for those who are believers. Our certain future is that we will live with him. It says that we are not destined for wrath, we are destined um, <coughs> to obtain salvation. <coughs> Does that mean God has specifically marked out some who, who are uh, marked out, especially for eternal punishment? Well, no, we must understand that everyone born um, from Adam is destined for wrath as a consequence of their sinfulness. Adam sinned. We've been born in sin. That's our nature from birth. It's sinful. 
and the destiny of all mankind as a consequence of that is God's wrath and punishment for sin. That was once our destiny for those of us who are now trusting in Jesus. But as Christians it's not so anymore. God has chosen us and redeemed us and we are now destined to obtain salvation. We have a very certain future and there is a certainty about it. But there is also a certain future for those who are in darkness. We go back to verse 3. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labour pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Earlier we were thinking about um, Jesus' words referring to, to the flood coming and sweeping away the ungodly and the wicked. Uh, here the suddenness uh, is, is likened to the labour pains coming upon a, a pregnant woman. And so it will be for those who have not trusted in Jesus. There's going to be no escaping. There's going to be a sudden destruction. John Bunyan, um, who wrote many things, but he, he wrote a, a book for boys and girls. He used uh, poetry to describe, um, explain spiritual things in, in looking at uh, temporal and worldly objects and, and creatures. And he wrote a, a poem <coughs> called The Sinner and the Spider. It's a dialogue between a spider and a, and a sinner. It's a very long one. I'm not going to re read it all, but just one short um, section here where the spider is replying to the sinner, and this is what the spider says. <coughs> Since I an ugly, venomous creature be, there is some semblance twixt vile man and me. My wild and heedless runnings are like those whose ways to ruin do their souls expose. Daylight is not my time. I work in the night to show that they are like me who hate the light. The maid sweeps one web down. I make another to show how heedless one's convictions smother. My web is no defence at all to me, nor will false hopes at judgment be to thee. There'll be those on that day of the Lord who will have a false hope, but they will be swept away. Sudden destruction will come upon them. But the good thing is that that uh, judgment day is not here yet. And if being in darkness defines you, as the Apostle Peter wrote in one of his letters, today is a day for you to look to Jesus and trust in him for your salvation and forgiveness of your sins. Peter writes that God is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is still possible an escape from the inevitable destruction, the sudden destruction, if you do that before the final day, the day that is most certainly coming when Jesus will return to judge all mankind. So what certain future uh, are you facing tonight? Is it living with him, living with Jesus, obtaining salvation? Or is it an eternal sudden destruction? Well, let's uh, pray together and uh, before we sing. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that there is this great and glorious day coming when you will return. 
you will return to claim your own people. And Lord, you will come to judge the world in righteousness. Lord, we, we thank you that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, our sins can be forgiven. Lord, we thank you, um, those of us here who love and trust you, that that's so. But Lord, we are challenged about how often we we don't live to please you as we ought. Lord, we slip into night mode, which is so unprofitable and worthless and gets us nowhere. Lord, forgive us, we pray. Lord, help us to live truly as children of light, to live in day mode, to please you in every way and to be those who are encouraging one another, looking for that glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Lord, help us, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing our final hymn. You may not know it, um, it's quite an old one, but we sing about uh, that day of the Lord, Jesus returning, and our readiness, or otherwise, to meet him. Um, and we're exhorted again and again, prepare my soul to meet him. We, we, we also uh, sing words about... Um, some of what was preached about last week about the events that take place as Jesus returns. Well, let's stand to sing this great hymn and uh, be praying for God to be preparing us to meet him as we do so.